But would you please welcome Mr. Bert Pretorius. Pastor, come on up here. God bless you, man. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And his wife, Shanae, is that how you say it? Stand up so everybody can see you. Wave at the crowd. There you go. All right. Good morning, everybody. It's really good to be here this morning, and we've been having a great time this morning, and uh, it's really a privilege for us to be here, and I want to say thank you to your pastors. Uh, They were a tremendous blessing in South Africa. Really, they blessed us, and they really, really touched our nation, and uh, really, they've impacted our nation like a few have, and I know God's got great things in store, and uh, and we want to say thank you for releasing your pastor. I know, you know, you you want to have your pastor around all the time, um, but you know what? He's been such a blessing, and he's going around, and he's really, really affected a huge change in South Africa. And we want to say thank you very much, you guys. Thank you for coming to South Africa. We really appreciate it. And uh, my most beautiful wife. My only wife. (laughs) Coming from Africa, I just have to clarify that. My one and only wife, and uh, she's a tremendous blessing. And uh, we have five children, and uh, we have uh, my oldest is 18, and uh, our youngest is one year old. So uh, we've got two little little girls, two year old and a one year old. So our house is full. I come from a family of nine children. I'm the oldest of nine, from the same mother and father, yeah. (laughs) My father, they come from nine children. I've got 46 cousins, and that's first direct cousins, and that's just on my father's side. So, uh, so yeah, we've got got a big family, and we're trusting the Lord to get them all saved, and, you know, and uh, I can say at least my brothers and sisters, they're serving the Lord, and, uh, you know, we're excited. Well, it's good to be here. And uh, I want to share the Word of God with you. If that's all right, we're going to look at Luke chapter 19. And uh, you can open your Bibles to verse 9 and 10. And it says, And Jesus said to him, Today's salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Please say with me, Seek and save. Okay, you need to put a little bit of energy in that. Okay, I come from Africa. When we, I preach, we talk, man. Seek and save. Seek and save. Right, there you go. Okay. And um, we see from the Bible, he mentions the Son of Man speaking from the humanity aspect of who Christ is. So not calling him the Son of God, but calling him the Son of Man. From, in other words, from, from his perspective of man being a human being, this is what Jesus did. From his, from his uh, humanity, he, he, the Bible says that he came to seek and save the lost. Now, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says there, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, do what I do as I do what Christ does. So, so we need to be like Jesus. Can I get a big amen there? Amen. You agree with me, right? Okay, which means what do we do? We call to? We call to what? Seek and save. There you go, right. We call to seek and save. Not just to save, 
but to seek and save. In other words, the word, the word seek speaks about an intentional lifestyle. In other words, it's something you decide to do and then you do it. You seek. Seek means that you look and sometimes you don't get what you're looking for. You understand? So which means it doesn't always happen. It means work. So we're called to seek and save the lost. Now just stay there in Luke chapter chapter 19 because we're going to get there. But that famous scripture we know in, in 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chap, chapter uh, 15 and... Uh, Sorry, chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All the old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. The Greek word for creation there is the word katesis. Katesis means to recreate or to create from nothing or to overall, to make completely new. In other words, when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, he changes us. He recreates from nothing. He recreates us on the inside when we give our lives to be to to Jesus. That's why I don't understand when people say they don't know if they saved. How can you know? How can you not know if you're saved? If you've had an encounter with Jesus, you'll know about it. You, you hear what I'm saying? It's like meeting somebody and really, you know, having a, an experience with somebody, and then you can't remember if you met that person. Okay, when we're talking about Jesus, this is not the same thing. When you've met Jesus, your life is changed. He transforms you on the inside. He makes you brand, brand, brand new. The old things have passed away, and behold, everything does become new. So once we've had an encounter with Jesus, our lives are never the same again. Then he goes on in verse 18, and he says, Now all things are of God. And uh, uh, the New Living Translation says everything. Now, this is a gift of God, he says. And, and he goes on to says, who has brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. The New Living Translation. So he's given to us the task of reconciling people. Right. Who, who, who works off a to-do list? Okay. Who Who's been wanting to for the last four years to work off a to-do list? <laughs> okay. But what we do is we have a to-do list. Some of us use Microsoft Outlook or whatever, and we set tasks to do. We have a to-do list. Some of us, we just write it on a piece of paper. Now, the number one task, the task of somebody that has been recreated, that has received Jesus Christ, whose life has been changed, the number one task that we have been called to is reconciling people to God, which basically comes back. That's the New Testament because it basically comes back to the Gospels that says we have been called to seek and save the lost. What do Christians do? What do Christians do? Seek and save the lost, right? We reconcile people. That's our task. Now, for the more spiritual people, we, we go back to the King James Version, and it says, and he's given to us a ministry of reconciliation. But basically, it means the same thing, work. Can, can, can I get a big amen there? In other words, it's intentional. Something you decide to do, and you've got to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. Now, let's, let's get more practical um, on that. And you can turn with me. Uh, we go back to the book of Luke. Now, I just want to add something to this. You know, that God knows... Let me get to Luke, chapter 1. 
I don't have enough time for that point. Let's, let's go to, uh, uh, to, to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. It says there, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, just to be practical. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And the Bible says that he was a chief tax collector. Basically, it means he was the chief sinner. Okay, in other words, he was a bad dude, but he wasn't just a bad dude. He was the bad dude of bad dudes. The bad dudes would look at him and say, he's a bad dude. You understand what I'm saying? This guy, he was, he was a bad sinner. He was, he was a bad guy that people didn't like. Sometimes we've got a romantic, you know, image of bad guys. They, they bad, but they good bad. You, you understand what I'm saying? We're looking at these movies, you know what, and you got the guy there and he's bad, but he's good bad. You, you know what I'm talking about, you know, and, and, and we, we're rooting for him because he's a bad guy, but he's actually deep inside, deep inside, he's a good bad guy. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> But you see, Zacchaeus wasn't that. Zacchaeus was the bad, bad guy in the movies. He was the one that, you know, they would walk past and they'd spit on the ground. Because he was a traitor. He was stealing from his own people. And then he was giving money to the people that were maiming and hurting and killing his own family and his own people. So he was, he was despised. He was despised. People would walk past him and spit on the ground. Nobody wanted anything to do with Zacchaeus. That's the type of person that he was. But now we see that the next verse, it says, And Zacchaeus sought Jesus. So he was seeking Jesus. What is Jesus seeking and saving the lost? What was Zacchaeus doing? Zacchaeus was also seeking. And it's amazing that within his state of criminality, that, that he was seeking to, to, to he, he was seeking Jesus. So, so he's seeking, no one can come to the Father unless the Father, unless the Spirit draws him. So we see the Holy Spirit is working with Zacchaeus. But while the Holy Spirit is working with Zacchaeus, he's still stealing. Now listen to me, you know a lot of people. They're doing bad stuff. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not working with him. You see, just because they're messing and hurting people and sowing destruction, maybe destruction in your own life, maybe destruction in your business, and maybe messing you, maybe that guy, listen here, just because the guy's busy doing you in in your business doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not working with him. So the Holy Spirit works within people's lives. So here we've got Zacchaeus, he's seeking Jesus. And the Bible says he goes and he, he gets into a tree. On the other hand, we have Jesus and we see that for an encounter to work, the Holy Spirit needs to work with the, I haven't used this word ever, the sea key, okay, <laughs> and the sea, the sea core, okay, whatever, this language, please, I hope you don't have any professors of language here, okay, but anyway, here we have a person that is, that is seeking, and the Holy Spirit is working on that person's life, and the Holy Spirit is the boss, and then we have on the other side, we have, we have Jesus, who walked by and he looked and when he saw Zacchaeus, the Bible says, he stopped. And then the Bible says, and he called him by name and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Now my question is, how did he know Zacchaeus' name? Well, obviously, he was, had a communication with the boss. He was speaking to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was preparing Jesus for an encounter with Zacchaeus, whom he was also preparing. You hear what I'm saying? 
So how did Jesus, how did Jesus know? Well, uh, well, he, in his time of devotion, which the Bible teaches us he does, the book of Mark says that in the mornings, every morning that Jesus went and prayed, before the sun came up, the Bible says, Jesus went and prayed. So in other words, he was doing devotion. And that's also something Christians do, by the way. Devotion. What is devotion? A devoted time to God. Now, we don't understand that devoted time to God because we think it's a devoted time for ourselves, for God. You understand? So when we have our devotion, our devotion can also be very selfish and self-centered. Our devotion time even goes about us. When we pray, everything's about us. So basically our devotion would be something like this. We take our Bible and then we find a verse that is for us. So, so we skim all the verses where we have to do something. We leave all the verses that reprimand us and correct us. And we find a verse that suits us. And it says, and God will never leave you for, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, I mean, whatever verse, we get the verse and then we, okay, and then we've got to pray. Oh, thank you for that verse. And then we pray and we say, oh, Heavenly Father, um, thank you that, for this nice day and keep it a good day. And help me to make a lot of money. And protect me, protect my family. Help me, Lord, that I don't die. Jesus' name, amen. And that's our devotion. It's about me, me, I, 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 I want. Give me, give me, give me, I, 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 what. And then we spiritualize it. You understand what I'm saying? We're saying, listen, yeah, God, this is what I want. And this is what you better give me. If I don't get this, you're not God. So that's our devotion. Our devotion is completely about us. And then off we go and we go do our own thing. You see, it doesn't work that way. Devotion time is your planning with the boss for what you need to do for the day. Can I get a big amen here? Oh, I need a big amen there. Can I get a big amen there? Okay, you've got to get this. That's why we do devotion. That's why we do devotion, to find out what God's plan is for our life. Because listen here, it's in doing what He wants that you're successful at any other area of your life. Seeking and saving the lost. Oh, that's a verse I never mentioned just now. The Bible says, he who wins souls is, is wise, right? Which means he who wins souls, who he who does not win souls, is stupid. <laughs> My wife is helping you guys, yeah. Not wise. Okay, you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to say stupid, okay. You know? No, he who souls, stupid. What would we say is somebody that's just, you know, when I'm thinking, I'm, I want to use the word stupid because we've got the, the religious word, which is foolish, but, but you know, but, but sometimes we don't understand foolish anymore. So let's use the word stupid. Because when we say something stupid, we think, you know, you, know, you weren't thinking. You know, what, what were you, in actual world, what were you thinking? You know, you weren't thinking. Now, that's exactly what he's saying. If you're not winning souls, he's saying, listen, yeah, what were you thinking? You weren't thinking. So he said, why are you, why are you not winning souls? So, you know, what's, what's wrong with you? Don't you want to be wise? Yeah, now win souls. But you say, oh, Lord, please help us with our marriage. You know, no, win souls. It will sort your marriage out. Oh, help me with my children. Hey, win souls. It will help you with your children. Hey, win souls. You know what? It will help you with your business. 
Hey, win souls. It will help you in the workplace. Why? Because within that, that which you need to become everything that God wants you to be, within doing that is built in, in building relationships. As you take responsibility for people, you guess what? You come into a place where the world is prepared to pray money for it. Can I get a big amen there? Now, coming back to where I was. About Zacchaeus. Where was I? Jesus doing devotion, right? So the Holy Spirit now imparts. And, 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 and Jesus now, you know, you guys pray the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's devotion. Devotion is, Lord, what's your plan? The Lord's prayer. That's devotion. It's a morning prayer if you go study the Lord's prayer. And there it's like, Lord, your will be done. What, what do you want me to do today? And what happens? We see Zacchaeus in the tree. Jesus comes by. Jesus is seeking. And when he's seeking, who's he seeking for? Well, you know what? He saw hundreds of people before he saw Zacchaeus. So he was seeking for an individual. And when he gets to Zacchaeus, he looks up into the tree. He stops and he looks up into the tree and he calls him by his name. Now my question today is, Jesus stopped. My question today is, in your life, and let's go back, you know, just yesterday. Let's not go back a whole week. Because I don't want you to feel like you're really going to hell or something, you know. Let's, or let's not go back five years. You understand? Let's just do yesterday. Is that, is that all right? You know, let's just do yesterday. In all the people that you walked past yesterday, who was your Zacchaeus? How many Zacchaeuses have you passed? Now, let's not do the last week or the last five years. Okay. Now, let's just do yesterday. See, God has called us every day in our life. This is what we do as Christians. We stop and we touch people's lives. And we see here, Jesus stopped and he looked at Zacchaeus. And the Bible says, and he calls him by name. And he says, Zacchaeus. See, that's the other issue that we have as people. Is that we don't call people by their name. We call people by their weaknesses. If it was me, I would have looked at Zacchaeus and said, you traitor, you, you devil, you going to hell, open eyes. I'm telling you, you're going to, see, that's a, I, I would call him a criminal. I'd call him a traitor. But Jesus doesn't call him by his weaknesses. You see, we tend to pe- call people by their weaknesses. So who's that lady? No, man, she's that, she's that girl that's, man, she, it's the third time she's getting divorced. You know, she's, and, 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 the, and her husband's that guy, you know, that druggy guy. See, that's, that's how we call people. Who's that guy? No, man, that's the guy who's just, he just lost his business. Who's that guy? Oh, no, that's a guy, and you know, don't know his name. He's just come out of prison. You see, that's how we tend to call people. We look at their weaknesses and we call them by their weaknesses. Jesus doesn't do that. He calls them by his name. Amen. You see, you can't judge people and and save them at the same time. So Jesus, did Jesus know he was a criminal? Yes. Did Jesus know he was a traitor? Yes. Jesus calls him by his name and says, Zacchaeus. I'm coming to your house today. Now, coming to the next point is, as he calls Jesus, as Jesus looks at him, calls him Zacchaeus, you know, Jesus doesn't whip out a piece of paper and says, right, right, Zacchaeus. If you had to die today, 
Would you have the assurity of your salvation? Would you find yourself in heaven or in the eternal flames of hell? Answer. And Zacchaeus goes, you know, just like a half shake. I said, oh, you're not sure. Hang on. I've got another paper. Get out of hell prayer. (laughs) Say these words after me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, come stay in my heart. Come stay in my heart. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you're a Christian. You're not going to hell anymore. And then we call that person saved. Hello, somebody. See, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't have some kind of formula as how to lead somebody to Jesus. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. You see, what we want to do is we want to lead people to Jesus, but at a distance. It's like, hey, you stay there. I'm here, I'll lead you to Jesus over there. Here is no-go area. You do not cross here. I never, you never cross here. You never come to my house. And I never cross, I never, you you do your business, stay in your business because it's private. He's a private, I'm private, private, private person. You private, private, you get, you come to Jesus there. I come to Jesus here. And then we want to disciple them from a distance. Jesus says, no, come. Let's get, let's get dirty. Let's, let's get to your house. Let's see where the stink comes from. <laughs> let's go find out why you smell so much. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's see what's going on in the house. Let's see what's hanging on the walls. Let's, let's, let's get into the house. And you see, and what does he do? He gets involved with Zacchaeus and his family by getting into their house. That's what it means to lead people to Jesus. It means not getting them to say a prayer off a paper. But it means getting into their homes. Remember, Zacchaeus is a stranger. Jesus doesn't know what to expect. Because he's a criminal and the devil. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how many mamas are in the house. You understand what I'm saying? Or the more spiritual term, concubines. You understand? He doesn't know what's going on there. He doesn't know how, how much drugs and well, he doesn't know what's going on at home. He says, listen, yeah, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to come and get involved. You see, that's what Jesus did. You've got to get involved in people's lives. That's what it means, having compassion on them. That's what it means, loving people. Right, let's get, let's get into your house. Let me go to your house. And when Jesus got into his house, guess what? His house was never the same again. Come on, somebody. See, you've got to get into people's homes. Without being all religious, just being you, who you are, you're getting to a house and that house is never the same again because of your presence of God within your life. And they have an encounter with Jesus and, 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 and Zacchaeus comes and says to Jesus, says, Jesus, uh, I'm going to give... Half my goods to the poor. And everyone I stole from, I'm going to restore it fourfold. Did Jesus tell him to do it? No. And why did he do it? Ah, because he had an encounter with Jesus. You see, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you change. 
I don't understand people that give their life to Jesus and they don't change. What I do see is I do see people trying to add Jesus to who they are. So listen, hey, the, the Jesus thing sounds a cool thing. I like this thing about getting money and stuff like that, you know, and all kinds of things. And, you know, it, it sounds good. Let me add Jesus to who I am. And he, you know, forgives my sins. I do my own thing. And all I've got to do is just pray and all my sins are forgiven. You see, you, you add, you want to add Jesus to your life. That's not, that's not being saved. You see, when Jesus comes, you understand that you need him in your life. You say, Lord, you've got to change me. Change, doing work on the inside. Change me inside out. I want everything that you have to give. Everything that you have to offer, Lord. I need you as the everything in my life. You have an encounter with Jesus. You change. And Jesus says to him, Zacchaeus, today. Salvation has come to your house. The Greek word there means household. You know what house means? It means Zacchaeus. It means his wife. It means their children, their husbands, their wives, their children. Then it means everybody who works for them. All the employees. It means their children, their wives, their children's husbands and wives, and their children. That's what it means, a household gets saved. By Jesus being obedient in one man's life, he affects not just one generation, but he affects a first generation, a second and third generation. Then I'm not even talking about the years to come and how the generations would be effective, even passing on the generations that would be touched and changed because Jesus was obedient and listened to the Holy Spirit and stopped and turned, called the guy by his name, got involved in their lives. And you know what? In that place became a history maker and a world changer. And that's why, and that's why when we're talking about Christians being world changers, you know, I've heard many, oh, we world changers. Oh, we world changers. You don't even know what that is. What does it mean to be a world changer? Well, that's what it means. With the Jesus in you, you being you, but the Jesus in you. Not being all religious and spooky and mystique. Do you understand? Sometimes I see some Christians and they're floating around. I've got to say, hey, come down, come down. Whoa. Some, some people are too spiritual for me. It's not about that. It's about affecting people where they're at, getting into their homes. And through an encounter with you, they have an encounter with Jesus. And listen, yeah, this is what happens. You affect the change in their life, in their marriage, in their children's life, and the generations to come. And you know what? You don't even know. God, the Father, knows. Because as he's sitting under, he can foresee the change that you have brought about by being obedient in one person's life. As you are obedient, he can see the effect and the change that it brings in the generations generations to come and that's why he's called you to do what seek and save the lost what is he called you to do to seek and save the lost and therefore i want to encourage you start walking in the boldness of the lord wherever you go maybe you're walking in 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 in, in walmart and and some of you ladies come up to the to 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 the cashier and and there's another lady there and 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 susan is there and you you know and 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 she's got a name tag on because we don't see them as people so even walmart are putting name tags on their people so we can see that they're actually people because we think they're the machine they should actually put their nashua 
You understand what I'm saying? Because we get all irritated and impatient if it's not going you know, fast enough. But no, when you come there, the Holy Spirit leads you to touch people. And you say, hey, Susan, me, you, your lunchtime, coffee, Starbucks, I'm paying. See you there. That's what Jesus said. Zacchaeus, get down. Come into your house. See you there, chum. You see why? The Holy Spirit prepared their heart. Sometimes we, we, we are so spiritually, we want to be politically correct. And say, oh, Susan, you know, um, you know, I, I think I could be wrong. You know, but maybe, I don't know, maybe, you, I don't know if you sense this, but, but, but is it possible that we could maybe lunchtime or maybe after lunch or maybe, you know, if not today, tomorrow or the next day, possibly around about one or five past one, you know, we can possibly go to Starbucks or do you like Wendy's? No, you like, what? Look, by the time you're finished, it's like, hey, get away from me. You understand? You'd be surprised when you come up and you start showing people's love, showing people love. Say, hey, I'm coming to your house. They say, cool, I want you at my house. See, now the church people are not like that. But the world are like that. You see, you go and touch people's lives. We're not going there to judge them and tell them what to do, not to do. We be Jesus in them. God starts working within their lives and they're seeking. Guess what? You start touching and affecting change in people's lives. Can I get a big amen there? Hallelujah. You've been blessed this morning. So God has called us to be world changers. I wonder if you can stand to your feet just there where you are. Just close your eyes in, in prayer. There's people that God wants you to touch today. Not tomorrow. Many of us, we all start dieting on Mondays. We all want to change on Mondays. We need to change now. We need to make a decision now. There's people whose lives you need to touch today. You need to phone somebody today. Somebody that does not know Jesus. And I'm not talking about phoning them and getting all spiritual. I mean getting involved in their lives. That's what I mean. Getting to know them. Getting to touch their lives intentionally so that when they encounter you, they encounter Jesus. I'm not talking about for your social life. It's not people that you like or people you want to be friends with or people you want to hook up with. That's not what I'm talking about. The intention is leading them to Jesus. The intention is not for yourself and for your own benefit or for business or for money's sake. And there's people's lives that you need to touch today. You need to give them a call straight after the service. Get involved in their lives. And as you've, maybe you don't even know their names. You just know who they are or where they work or where they're at. The Lord places those people's lives in your heart right now. It's people that you need to touch. Under the conviction of the Holy Spirit today, God wants you to touch their lives. And I pray, Lord. That your work within each and every name, Lord, now dropped into every spirit. Your work within each and every life right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that you'll open their hearts to receive your word. Lord, I pray that you'll open their eyes of their understanding. So that they might see the truth. So that the truth will set them free. And Lord, I thank you that you've empowered each and every person here. You've given them the ability to do anything, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you use them. Give them strategy, put the right words on their tongue, Lord, that they'll go out and be history makers and world changers. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
I'm going to invite ushers if they would come as we prepare for communion this morning and our worship team as it returns back to the stage and we just get to prepare our hearts. He has a strange accent, doesn't he? I wonder where he's from. Since I have an accent like that too, I, I think I know where he's from. But this morning, in a few moments, we be sharing communion. We'll be holding in our hand a piece of bread that represents the body of Jesus. And the cup that may have grape juice, wine in it that represents the blood of Jesus. But before we do that this morning, I want to encourage us and challenge us as well. As Pastor Bert said, that when we have an encounter with Jesus, our lives are changed. Changed from the within and our life begin to change and things begin to happen in us, we cannot meet Jesus and stay the same. Something happens in our hearts and our lives. And Jesus said that he had come to seek and to save the lost. And this morning, this this morning in the service, there may be those that are here this morning that are seeking as well. The Holy Spirit is touching you, drawing you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you. Even in our service this morning is the the word of God. Excuse me. As the word of God has gone forth this morning, that the Holy Spirit has taken that word and made it alive in your heart and begin to draw, convict you of your sin. Seeking, seeking after God, seeking God this morning. Well, this morning we're going to, before we take have communion together, I'm going to invite you to, to pray a prayer with me. And it's not this prayer is not just a magical one that we wave, as Pastor Bird has said. This can be a starting place, a place where you take this opportunity, this moment, and connect with God and the Holy Spirit that's here this morning. Allow the truth of His Word to touch your heart. Take an opportunity to confess your sin, repent of your sin, and by faith asking Him to come into your heart, into your life, and the forgiveness, forgiveness of your sin. Allow the blood of Jesus to wash and touch your life. Begin and have that encounter, that change that begins on the inside. And also, even when we pray the prayer, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring someone across, a name to your heart and to your mind, that you would challenge, that you would seek out today and invite them to come to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. So would you bow your heads with me? I'm going to invite all of us just to pray this simple prayer with me this morning. Again, if you're praying it from your heart this morning for the first time, if you're seeking the Holy Spirit, challenging you right now, that as you, as you pray this prayer, beginning this step, the step of faith, of walking in the truth and having this encounter with Jesus, allowing the, whole, the Spirit of God to change you from the inside. So would you pray this simple prayer after me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, something in my heart tells me I need you. I now confess my sin and repent of my sin. And by faith, ask you to come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. Amen.